0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the H&H Hour. My name is Heather Taves, and I am one of your hosts, and this is my sister, Heidi. Hey, guys. So, we're so glad that you've joined us this week. It's raining a <laughs> lot yep. here in central Illinois. It's a little dreary yes. and drizzly. The forecast had like five days of clouds and no
1: sun. It did. So, I went and bought yellow tulips. Well, and I didn't know you bought yellow tulips, and I went and bought purple tulips. Yes. And you put them on Instagram this morning, so of course I responded and put mine on Instagram. Right,
0: because you have to have some sunshine, Yes, create some sunshine, even if there's no real sunshine.
1: Yes, for sure. So we're so
0: glad that you're here with us today and this is an hour where we just sit and have a conversation about ordinary things in life. We believe that ordinary life is extraordinary and beautiful and we want to highlight that and we want to highlight the fact that little things are often actually the biggest things, the most important things in life. The little things that you do, the little things that we do um, are some of the most important things that you could possibly do. And we also want to highlight Ordinary guests, yes. people who might not have a platform or people who might not have the opportunity to share their stories and their voices, but we want to give them that opportunity. So we're so excited to have you listen and have you join with us today. And Heidi, yes. would you like to introduce our lovely
1: guest today? I would love to. So our guest joining us today is this vibrant, brilliant woman that I met just about a month ago. Um, our paths crossed at church one morning. And this is our sweet guest, Jan Garman. Hi, Jan. Hi there. How you doing?
2: I'm doing wonderful.
1: Good. We are so excited to have you on the H&H Hour today.
2: And I'm blessed to be here. Oh,
1: Thank so you. great. So we are going to put her sweet face on Instagram because y'all need to see her. She is beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And the moment I met you at church, Jan, you were radiating joy. <laughs> and I was so drawn to you, not even knowing you. I was not tasked that day with being on the greeting team or with welcoming people, but I just felt drawn to you. And so I came up and we get, we began to speak and I loved you from the moment you opened your mouth (laughs) and started speaking. And I just thought this woman, I want to gain some of her wisdom. And so we stood and talked for maybe five or so minutes. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: And in those quick five minutes, I knew immediately (laughs) I wanted you on this podcast. So much so that she came home immediately and called me and said, Heather,
0: I met this awesome lady today. You have to hear about her. And she couldn't stop talking about you. So we're so glad to have you with us. So tell us a little bit about your life. Who is Jam?
2: Uh, I am 75 years old. Mm -hmm. I became a believer when I was 33 years old. Wow. I uh, grew up in Peoria until age 18 went away to the U of I, to college, graduated in physical education, okay. taught a couple of years in Chicago area, and then uh, got my master's degree at the University of Wisconsin in guidance and counseling, um, came back and taught three and a half years more, mm. got married, and then became a stay-at-home mom when my first daughter was born. Oh, wow. So
1: you can relate to the season of life we're in right now. Right. Stay home with little ones.
2: Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And I also love that she can relate to working women. Yeah. She's. you've been in a
0: career and, and had, um, had that opportunity as well. That's right. great. Yeah.
1: So then you were married for how long?
2: I was married 24 years.
1: 24 years.
2: My husband died suddenly and unexpectedly of a massive heart attack. Oh, wow. When wow. we were living in Erie, Pennsylvania. But I'm so grateful that I was with him Mm. when it happened. Mm. It happened five minutes before our alarm went off in the morning. Oh, wow. Wow. And it was instant. But boy, God changed my life after that. I had no idea what he had planned Mm -hmm. as far as leading into missions.
1: Wow. So how old were your children when your husband passed away?
2: Uh, He was 50 I was 50, and Byron was 49. My girls were a sophomore and a senior in college in the Chicago area, and we were out in Erie, Pennsylvania. Wow. But I had a wonderful church and a wonderful home group Mm. that supported me that year that I remained in Erie before I moved back.
1: Wow. That is incredible. I feel like there is so much to unpack I know. in <laughs> like, that right. short little. But I want to come right. back to some of that. Yeah, yeah. Before we jump in too deep, Jan, one thing we ask all of our listeners or all of our guests actually, because we want our listeners to be able to connect with the people that are on this show, what is something about your life that feels ordinary?
2: I do all the wifely things. <laughs> <laughs> I cook. I clean. I shop. <laughs> take care of my husband mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's go to church and and activities mm-hmm. um, you know read my bible but it's just a plain ordinary life mm-hmm.
1: okay mm-hmm. that's a good okay. answer that is a good answer that's like
0: what most of us feel like yeah, we do yeah. I, love I
2: love to have company but I worry about what my menu should be oh. once my menu's set I'm good yes Except for serving everything warm at the same time, (laughs) that's
1: that's hard.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I would say that that's my concern too. Like, what am I going to serve
2: all
1: of these people? Yes, (laughs) right. Do you like cooking?
2: Not as much as I used to. Sure. Because being a a widow for nineteen years, I kind of got out of practice. Sure. But uh, once 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 I know my menu, then I menu, I do right. enjoy it. Yeah. Then
1: you're good to go. Oh, right. That's good. That's right. very I love cool. That. So what is something then about your life that you think is extraordinary?
2: I would say simple things like I feel God's given me a heart of compassion, mm. especially for those who are left out. Wow. Like sometimes we go for dinner and they'll have maybe a teenager. Mm. And nobody says anything to the teenager or to the new person. Yeah. And it's like I, I just look for questions to ask them to draw them into the oh. group. Or, you know, people at church who yeah. kind of go unnoticed. Yeah. I, I really love to do that.
1: Oh, I love that. I love and I love, love
2: so to much. write handwritten <laughs> letters. That's unheard of these days. Oh, it
0: is. It is. Who do you write letters to?
2: We've lived in many different locations, uh, usually to a friend that we've moved away from.
0: Yeah. ah, Those are, and I'm sure your friends love those because it's a part of you. It's your words written down. That's Mm, awesome. My grandma still does that. She She does. On our birthday card, she writes handwritten cards to us.
1: That's so cool. I bet that you bring so much joy to people, and they don't even expect it when you are making those steps to draw people in, to notice them.
2: Right, I think it goes completely unnoticed, or like we're in home group, Mm -hmm. and um, there'll always be one or two, like out of 12, who sit there and don't say a word, Mm -hmm. and if they haven't said anything during the evening, I feel they've totally lost out, Mm -hmm. so I try to draw them in and get them to be a part.
0: That's so great. To feel
2: good about, or to feel important and accepted. and
0: heard. Right, right. Noticed, yeah.
2: And another thing I have a heart for is widows. Yes. I'm very sensitive to widows.
0: Mm, Yeah. How long were you a widow?
2: 19 years.
0: Wow. So how long has it been since you've been remarried?
2: Six and a half years. So you're kind of a
1: newlywed.
2: Yeah, sort of. Sort of. (laughs) Yeah. Right.
1: And your sweet husband is Roy.
2: Yes. Is that correct? Yes.
1: Tell us a little bit about Roy.
2: Roy is two and a half years younger.
1: You cradle robber. Yeah.
2: And it. He is married. His, his. We'll put it. No, his sister is married to my brother for fifty years.
0: Oh my but, goodness!
2: You know, his. I met him at the at my brother's wedding, but you know, he went this way, and I moved way over here, and we each had our own families. Fifty and, uh, years ago,
1: you were in a wedding together. Fifty years 50 ago. Fifty
2: years ago. <laughs> Right. <laughs> he always talks about our first date, which was when we went to miniature golf the night before their wedding. <laughs> oh,
1: hilarious.
2: Yeah. But uh, so God great. brought us together miraculously.
1: Wow. That's great. And he also lost his
2: first wife? Yes. Wow. Yes, he did. Uh, just about uh, the same time I lost my husband.
1: Wow. So you... And I
2: didn't know her and he didn't know my family. Wow. Wow. But, but you, you have... Tanya,
1: you guys can relate to each other then in your right. stories right. of having a spouse, right. walking through loss right. and grief, right? and then but sp- also seeing God bless you right? despite that, right. that grief. Right. Wow. So you're so happily married now. And so meeting you two at church, I thought you were just the cutest thing. The cutest thing. Because um, I think he was around the corner and he came around and we were speaking and he just lit up seeing you. His eyes just sparkled seeing you. And I think... I'll say Jan for me, as a as someone, I've been married 13 years now, I love seeing that in couples, mm-hmm. seeing that you can be mature in age and mature in your season of life, but still have that spark in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Like still be excited about who God has put in your life to do life with as a spouse. Well done. Thank you. That's exciting. So it's
2: something that we work at, but we enjoy it.
1: What's one thing you do to work at your marriage?
2: Yeah. You know, Roy is a retired art teacher. He taught 40 years in the Chicago area. Wow. Middle school <laughs> students. So he has great patience. patience.
0: Oh, my goodness.
2: <laughs> He's very much a gentleman. Yeah. He always opens car doors and um, doors walking into a building. I
1: love
2: it. Um, yeah, he takes good care of me. He's very gentle. Every once in a while, he'll come home with a gift. Um He spoils me.
1: Good. As he should. As he should. So, Jan, who is Jesus to you?
2: Jesus is the most important thing in my life. He's the Son of God. Mm -hmm. Um, He loves me. Uh, We have a deep personal relationship. Um, He's he's always with me. I can trust him 100%. Mm I don't know that I can say that about a person Mm -hmm. because people will always let you down somewhere along the line yeah but um he's he's my closest friend he's the lover of my soul he's my bridegroom um he's he's everything he is first in everything
0: has has your relationship with jesus always looked like that
2: basically it has um because when i was 33 i was on a search for god okay and I moved to Kansas City, went to a lady who shared her testimony, um, and she said, "Jesus could be your best friend. I had never heard that. I was, "That's what I am looking for." I knew wow. it was." And uh, immediately, um, it was I, we, I just kept very close the whole time. Okay. I asked God for a good Bible study, basic thing. Yeah. And I took a four year class called Walking Through the Bible in four years. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so every week from September through May, we met once a week for two hours yep. to do four years through the Bible. Yeah. And then after that, I was privileged to teach it for four years. Oh, wow.
1: That's awesome.
2: <laughs> and so a Bible foundation was extremely important besides church and worship and prayer groups and things like that.
0: Because you began to understand who. This God was that you had chosen. Yeah, to follow. it's my
2: foundation Absolutely. is to know know the Word of God.
0: Yes, and don't you think that, that some of that is what's lacking in those of us who follow Jesus, but don't really have that? We just we're not taking time to understand His Word, right. to understand the history behind who He is, and yeah, what he and what
2: is He's and like, what and, He's um, like, yeah, His he's, identity, right, right? Yeah,
0: that's so good. So, um, so you were thirty. I just this struck me. You were thirty three years old, and you had never heard that Jesus could be your best friend.
2: Right. I never heard you could have a personal relationship. And I grew up in different churches. I mean, I've been in church all my life and I never ever heard that you could have a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus and that you could give your life to him. Never heard of it. Wow. I felt I felt cheated actually when I heard that you could. Wow. But uh it was like, yes, this is what I'm looking for and it was just shh, take off. <laughs> And you did. You, uh,
1: you just took off from there. So, so you jump into learning the Word of God, to letting that be your foundation, standing on the Word of God, then turning around and teaching the Word of God. Right. Um, and then you make this decision at some point in your life to just jump into ministry. <laughs> what did that look like?
2: Well, it was a gradual thing. Yeah, okay. you know, I went to China, but that didn't happen until two thousand three. I became a believer in seventy five. Okay, uh, but when we moved to from Kansas City to Chicago to a big church, I went to a large the first Sunday to a large Sunday school class, meaning one hundred people. Okay. Wow, there was a lady from the Philippines in there. I stared at her, literally stared at her. She just. Fascinated me, you know. When you have a hundred people, you can do that, right?
0: (laughs) Not noticed,
2: (laughs) right? So we continued there for two years, and I'm always looking forward to seeing her. And I, I was always going to home group and Bible studies and prayer groups, but then we, after two years, we moved up to Michigan, and there were no Asians up there. But there were. I I volunteered as a crisis pregnancy center counselor for two years. Then we were transferred back to Chicago. I went right back to that same church looking for Ida and there she was. Then we became deaconesses together, so I got to know her. I had no idea what God was doing, no idea at all. I I, I was just fascinated and had no idea why. Wow. And then uh, we were transferred out to Erie, Pennsylvania and where my husband first spouse died and there were no Asians out there. Hmm. So then I came back to Chicago for a year and I heard about a Bible school in Kansas City. You know, I was 50 years old. Where does a 50 year old go to Bible school? Mm-hmm. And so I prayed about it. I got the application. I'm sitting down at the table writing my application. I said, Lord, is this really what I'm supposed to do? And um, I felt he said, this is an open window of opportunity to go to the Bible school in mm-hmm. Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Or you may stay home, maybe get a job, get remarried, and live a ho-hum life. Oh, I thought, I do not want to lead a ho-hum life. Sign your name on the dotted line oh. <laughs> <laughs> and move down to Kansas City. And and you were 50 years old? Yeah. Uh. The day, the week, the week before I moved to Kansas City, I went to the last church service in my Chicago church. There was a guest pastor from England. He gave the message. He ended his message, and he said, the lady down there in the red sweater, you are pregnant. That's like, oh, yeah? <laughs> I didn't know quite what he was talking about. I oh. knew he didn't mean in a physical way. Right, sure. Sure. But, you know, I hung on to that and I tried to figure it out. Well, I moved down to Kansas City, and here in the Bible school are six Korean students Mm -hmm. who are in their early 20s, like my daughters were. One lady from Taiwan and um, one Chinese guy, about 35. And they became my closest friends. You know, I gave them birthday parties and made cookies for them, and we went to class together. We worshiped together. They oh. they played the guitar and sang, yeah. and that totally accelerated my love for Asians. Wow! So that was two years, and then um, after two years, my mother I graduated. My mother needed some help back here in Peoria, mm-hmm. uh, so I moved back here to take care of her. Mm. And I thought, oh, you know, it was it was a little hold button that the Lord pushed. And I wondered how long I would be here because I was so wanting to go to China. And um, the Lord showed me two things why this was just a hold button. He showed me a football game. He said, this is halftime. Wow! And we used to live on a Mm cul-de-sac. And the main road is here. You go down this road, make a curve and Mm -hmm. come back. Mm -hmm. Well, this was the cul-de-sac. So Mm -hmm. I was convinced that God was doing something. But what really happened, while I was in the Bible school, a lady named Jackie Pullinger came to our church for a conference. She brought her team with her, and they were restored addicts
1: wow.
2: uh, who had been on heroin, who were now uh, strong believers. Uh, and when she talked about what life in Hong Kong at the Boys' House was, I knew that I knew that I wanted to go hmm. and so she had those come forward she said you need to give everything to Jesus And hmm. I'm thinking I can't think of anything I haven't given him my money my family my possessions my heart I couldn't think of anything but I was desperate so I went forward for prayer hmm. And they came down and prayed for me and the Lord said grandchildren and mm-hmm. it's like one daughter was just married. The second one was not married yet. I had no jo- grandchildren. Mm-hmm. But when you go overseas, mm-hmm. uh, it's all, you leave your church, your family, your friends, your your grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> you, leave, you leave it all here.
0: Yeah. Your ger- grandchildren-to-be.
2: Right, right. That's what it was. Yeah. Right, right.
0: So God was asking you to give up something you didn't even have yet.
2: Right. I hadn't oh. even thought about it. Wow. Right. So he wanted to make sure.
1: What was your response to that?
2: It was, oh, I was so desperate to go. I begged him to go. (laughs) And so I did get to go, um, but it took. Okay, my first interest in Asians started in 83. Okay. I moved to Bible school where the Korean students and Chinese were in 93.
1: Okay, 10 years
2: later. I had to wait till 99 before I actually went to Hong Kong for two years. Wow. And I applied in March of 99. I knew there was a training period starting September 8th, and I didn't hear, and I didn't hear, and I didn't hear, and I knew Hmm. that it was because of my age, Hmm. but I, I I took the risk. I said I need August off because it starts September 8th. So I gave up the rental house I was in. I quit my job, and I said I need one month August, two weeks to visit Heather, two weeks to visit Bethany, and then I'll be gone. You know, but I hadn't heard anything yet.
1: Sure. So, well, On, you were just acting in faith.
2: Yes. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. On the last day of my job, July 31st, I was sitting in the office i got a call a call from hong kong huh. so, this is silka speaking we are inviting you to come over oh. and work at the boy's house oh. the last day now <laughs> this was before cell phones sure. were common yeah they didn't have any other phone numbers to call that was it right
1: so god waited till
2: the 11th hour
1: right. <laughs> to give
2: you the call exactly
1: yeah so uh, what i love about your story is that you recognize that God started to plant this passion to serve the Asian people in your heart almost two decades before he let you start working with the people that you had a heart
2: for. So it's called preparation, Mm. preparation, preparation, and you say in your heart, I think I'm ready. Mm. And God says, no,
1: not yet. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So was that waiting season hard for you?
2: The first 10 years from 83 to 93 was not because I didn't know what was going on. I knew I was interested in nations, but I didn't know where it would lead. Sure. And then the closer it got, the harder it got to wait because I was so desperate to go.
1: Did you ever think about giving up on that dream God had planted in your life because it was taking too long?
2: When I went to my mom's house, I was quite concerned because it was so far out of the beaten track of what I was used to. But then when he showed me the football game, I was very encouraged. Also, I had a number of prophetic words the last four years that were tremendous encouragement. And I I would say, look for for clues in your life of what God is doing Mm. One thing that happened was I found pennies. The last two years before I went to Hong Kong, I found pennies and I said, why am I finding pennies? Mm -hmm. And right before I left, there were 20 pennies lined up on the bathroom counter in a movie theater. And I asked my uh, friend, why do you think I found so many pennies? And he said, what is a penny worth? One cent. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Well, it's one S-E-N-T one being sent one right right Wow. And one time someone tried to discourage me it was a um, a gentleman and his wife who had been in missions in Africa and she got very sick and they had to come home. so he's saying, just stay home and seek the Lord. Wow. And I was so discouraged I went to bed that night and I had a dream that I was on a flying carpet. <laughs> it was dark. And all the stars were out, and I was looking for a certain pattern of stars. It was actually the shape of the moon and the Chinese flag. Wow. And yeah. I turned my head and I saw it on my carpet, and I went toward it. When I woke up, I was so excited. It's like, I know that I know that I'm going somewhere wow. because <laughs> I thought the stars represented the nations.
0: Yeah. yeah, And don't you think a lot of times when God's called us to do something, we're going to have naysayers. Right. We're going to have people that, that try to discourage us right. from the call of God that we know he's called us to. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, I think sometimes that it, it works. Like we, we give up because people, you know, it causes doubt in us. Satan uses it to cause, put down in our lives and right. into our thoughts. Absolutely. I also
2: received a word, the week after I graduated from Bible school in the June conference uh, from a prophet that travels, he said, uh, God wants you to give you your heart's desire, but it's not going to happen the way you think it will. Mm, wow. Like, oh, next month I'm going. Mm-hmm. And that was 95. I went in 99.
1: <laughs> so you knew to expect. that. There right. Were some... it was,
2: it's just so encouraging mm-hmm. to receive a word.
1: Yeah. So then in 99 rolls around, what happens then?
2: I went over to Hong Kong for two years. I loved it, absolutely loved it, um, and we had one day off a week, and I'd take the bus and go into town somewhere for my day off. And One day I was coming back on the train, and I said, Lord, you know, I really need to learn this language better so that I can pray for the guys and and communicate with them better. And he said, I didn't tell you to stay longer. <laughs> Wow. I had a two-year contract, he said, you're supposed to go home, oh. so I said, okay, so I went home, went back to Kansas City, and went to a mission school, and while it, for, uh, it was one semester, okay. and while at the beginning of the school, I was, I was contacted by phone from a gentleman who was from Springfield, Missouri, who was a missionary in China, who ran an underground Bible school and he invited me over the phone to join his team. Oh my now, he was known at my Chicago church. My daughter and her parent, uh, mother-in-law's okay. family knew Bob and okay. his whole family okay. and said they were very high quality. Okay. And uh, So after, at the end of my one semester mission school, I went for two months to India with my team from the mission school, okay. then I went straight to China, And met Bob and Joanne and the team and lived there three and a half years. Absolutely loved every second of it. I had a house church Mm -hmm. uh, on Friday night at my house, and then we taught at the Bible school during the the week. Underground? Yeah, underground. One time we were raided, (laughs) and we had to close the school down, uh, so we opened another one but it was out in a village and my hair was not the right color. <sighs> you know, the, the, the Philippine um, ladies who were on the team, they, they did fine. Yeah. <laughs> Even the one from Germany, she could barely pass, mm-hmm. but I could not pass. Mm-hmm. And so I worked with another team for a while, but basically the Lord was hinting it's time to come home. And what happened was the year before, when I went to get my visa, They said, uh, we can't give her a visa. She's too old. And so my... How
0: old were you? 64. 63,
2: 64, right in that, right Mm. before my birthday. Okay. So I went back to my apartment and I prayed and prayed and God said, I'm going to bat for you. (laughs) And so Bob, the team leader, went to the visa office and he said... There, you do not have an age limit hmm. on on this, um, and I would like her to receive her visa. Well, the, the gentleman in charge was out, but the secretary heard him say this. That's why he had come. She said, go down the street to another office, and she'll get her visa. So he went down the street to another visa office, and they no problem. Oh, my
0: wow. goodness.
2: But the next year, I felt God was saying, this is... This is not forever. Yeah. And so I knew I had to come home they wouldn't give me the visa the next year. Okay. So I said, "What am I going to do when I go home? I I just absolutely love it here." Mm-hmm. He said, "I've got you covered." Wow. I've got you covered. What does that mean, God? Don't worry. I've got you covered. Mm-hmm. So in July, June 2006, I came home back to Chicago, lived with my daughter and family for one year. Wow. My grandchildren said, Oh, I have two grandmas. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And it took about a year to go through reverse culture shock. I'm sure. That was harder than moving to another country was really? a reverse culture shock. And then I went on a forty day fast seeking direction. Mm. And God told me to move back to Kansas City and help teach at the mission school. Wow. So I did that. September 2007, and then the following summer, July 4th, 2008, I came back to Peoria for a family reunion, <laughs> and Roy Garman was there. <laughs> he never went to one, because he lived somewhere else. I never went to one, because I was somewhere else, and just like that, God put us together. Wow. And then two years later, July 24th, 2010, we were married. Wow. Yeah. He said, oh, that's what you mean. You have me covered. I have me
1: covered. <laughs> That is incredible. right.
2: So that was uh, fantastic.
1: That's incredible. What What is your What does a great day right now with your husband look like?
2: Um, to me, it is to get up about six o'clock, have one hour quiet time till seven, mm-hmm. then go out to Panera's for a bagel and a cup of coffee. Yeah. Then go to the park or somewhere for a nice walk where we we talk a lot when we walk. Mm. Um, Come home or take a picnic lunch for for lunch and then come home, do our errands. Uh, We work well together. We do work projects together. I really enjoy that. And then um, have a dinner about five o'clock. Watch talking points on Bill O'Reilly at seven for fifteen minutes. Yeah. Take a shower. Have another hour for quiet time, and go to bed. Wow. Very, very simple.
1: Yeah, but it sounds. But so that's an ideal day to me. <laughs> no great. stress. No
2: yes.
0: stress. That's so great. Yeah.
1: Right. right. No stress. And I, I pick up on the fact that you say, you start and end your day with the Lord. Right. Is that what makes the
2: difference? Is that what I see
1: radiating radiating out of you?
2: It's the most, it's the most, there's, that's how I cling to God. Yeah. It's the most important thing in my life. I could not, I could not, I could exist, but that's all I would do, Mm -hmm. (laughs) would be exist. I just can't imagine not having a a quiet time in that relationship and prayer time and worship. I love worship Mm -hmm. with God. That is so sweet.
1: So I want to focus for a minute on the fact that you knew you were being called into mission work. You had people that were trying to discourage you from it. What would you say to the young woman or the young man who has that pull on their heart towards international mission work, but key people in their life are saying, no, just stay just say, what would be your advice to them?
2: My advice would be cling to God. Mm-hmm. My key verse for my whole life since I became a believer was Matthew six thirty three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his mm-hmm. righteousness and he'll add all these things to you. Yes. And I would say first of all develop your relationship, your character, the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Have a strong, strong knowledge of the Bible and then Ask God what your passion is and who it is, then start seeking it, read about the country, if any way possible, hang out with some people from that country, depending on where you live. Um, Read books on it, do the internet, uh, keep asking God and know, believe that God gives you your passion. Mm. It's not something you make up in your own heart, it's something he instills in you Mm. And to know that God's timing is perfect. Mm. And nobody can steal that from you. But uh, if God put that in you, he's going to fulfill it. That's but okay. it takes preparation, preparation, preparation. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look how many years David waited to be king after right. he was anointed. But, yes. Yeah. I mean, most people don't wait 20 or 25 years. But uh, it depends on your life circumstances. Yeah. You know, like when I wanted to go to Hong Kong... What God graciously did, one of the reasons I waited those four years, just one, was that in those four years, both of my daughters each had two children. Wow. And so I got to go to their home when they had their babies
1: mm-hmm. for the
2: first four. And then the fifth one was born when I was in China, but okay. she was experienced. But that, that was one of the reasons. I remember yeah. driving home after the fourth grandchild and the Lord said to me, just as I was driving along, now you're free to go. Wow. And look for clues of what God's doing in your life. Mm-hmm. Like in those last four years, I started seeing a traffic light, you know, um, red, yellow, green. Mm-hmm. And it was my waiting period. Yeah. And I would see this yellow flashing light mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah. And even a friend, a, China, a, a Korean friend came to my home for dinner after we'd finished school for a few years he sat down at the dinner table he said what's this yellow flashing light I see <laughs> and you know it's, it's like a runner when they're going to run a race they get down on the ground yeah, yeah. and it's like on your mark okay? I w- I'd already been on my mark for a yeah, while yeah. and then get set they raise their hips ready to take off that's yeah. the yellow light and then the gun goes off that's the green light yeah, And when I did get the green light, the, the, the teacher at IHOP who set my, my time up with Jackie Pullinger, mm-hmm. he came in the office and he said, okay, Jan, you have the green light now. He had no idea what he was saying. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no wow. idea.
0: Oh, my goodness. Wow. So what would you say to people who are maybe a little bit older who feel like their time is up or they're, they're not called or they don't have purpose? Because I, I, I think we run into that a lot right and i just i think you're a proof living proof that god can start with anyone in a new season at any age yeah.
2: and it's things he's been doing years previous that you're totally unaware where they're going yeah like that lady in my sunday school class yeah in 1983 i had no idea that was leading to china right but just to believe that god gave you the vision mm-hmm. and that if you stay close to him and keep seeking his face, he will bring it about in his time. Mm-hmm. And to just keep looking for clues to encourage yourself mm-hmm. and ask him questions and mm-hmm. see what he tells you, mm-hmm. but don't give up. Yeah. I, think- I used to struggle all the time ever since my spouse died. Mm-hmm. 50 years old, you're too old. You can't go to Bible school at 50 years old. Yeah. You're supposed to be 20. Yeah. yeah. And then when I wanted to go to Hong Kong, and it took four months to get an answer back, it was because I was 57 years old. And and so that's been my constant struggle. And God has proven me wrong time after time after time. Mm. So it's okay, let me be God.
1: Well, and I think it's so great that God is still choosing to speak through you. Um, Jan, your age is one of the primary reasons I wanted to meet with you. Good. Is because <laughs> I love the 20-year-old. But oh my goodness, I want to sit across from the woman that's done life. Not that is done with life, but that has done so much life, has so much wisdom, and I want to just glean mm-hmm. from you, Thank you to go, what have you walked through? What has God taught you? What can you share with us mm-hmm. who are behind you? Mm-hmm. And then that's biblical. The older shall teach mm-hmm. the younger. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that is missing yep. in our generation now, yep. is the younger people thinking that the the older generation has Mm -hmm. nothing to offer them. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, maybe they're not hip and trendy and they're not on Instagram. And so therefore they're irrelevant. Right. But like sitting here with you, Mm -hmm. looking in your eyes, seeing the passion you have for Jesus, for people, and being able to articulate the things God's done in your life Mm -hmm. with such beauty. (laughs) I am so inspired by you. Mm -hmm. And I hope so much that our listeners are picking up on these nuggets you're putting down because... If they can pick up even one of these truths mm-hmm. and apply it to their life, I believe God will begin to do a work in their life,
2: mm-hmm.
1: just like he did in your life. It might look different for them, right. but it's their passion being lived out. Um, and I just, I think your, your deep devotion to Jesus and your obedience to just keep waiting mm-hmm. and waiting, but asking and persisting
0: and preparing
1: and because preparing, that's, that's huge. That preparation, you've, yeah. met, you've mentioned it
0: twice is something that often we don't want to do. We don't want to do the hard, the preparation. You know, I think about like when I paint a room, the preparation part, I hate that part. Mm. You know, the going and taking everything off the walls and I just want to throw (laughs) the paint up there. Yeah. Like I just want to see the room a different color. Yeah. But... The most important part of the painting the room is getting it prepared and right. making sure your walls, the holes are filled. And if you don't do that, you're not going to end up with good results. Mm-hmm. And and I love that because I think we miss the preparation part, yeah. and therefore God can't fully use us the way He intends to use us and has created to use us.
2: And He, we think we're ready. We do, but we're only God knows you're not ready.
0: Yes, <laughs> right. yes, that's oh. And I think I think it takes um, a a breaking down of our pride to go, We're not ready. Mm. And sometimes that is hard. it's hurts and it's hard to do. Yeah. Um because it, it's it's hard to say, No, okay, God, you need to work on me some more yeah. before I'm ready to be used by you. So I do have one question. Were there any other fifty plus year olds in when you went
2: to no. your mission school?
0: <laughs> you were the only one.
2: Uh, at that time, um, back in 93, the Bible school was smaller. Okay. Now it has 1,500 in it. Sure. But then the next youngest was 35. Wow. <laughs> and then the rest of them were in their 20s.
0: So how did they respond to you?
2: Wonderful. Wow. <laughs> I was like their mom. Yeah. Yeah, so it was it was great.
0: That's so I'm, cool. I'm just so encouraged by that because one of the... Just be very honest, one of the fears that I have is that when I get to a certain age that my time will be done. Mm-hmm. Like I won't have a place in ministry anymore. And that's mm-hmm. my heartbeat is serving my family and serving people and serving the Lord. And so that is a fear that I struggle with. And so mm-hmm. I'm just so encouraged to... Us-
2: okay, this is to encourage you. Okay. Hmm. A number of years ago, I was at a prayer meeting and we were given some meditation time. I had a picture hmm. in my mind. It was a big clump of red grapes Mm. and God put them in the wine press Mm. like an applesauce thing and turned them and turned them Mm. and the juice came out Mm. and he put them in wine bottles Mm. and there was enough for a case and he took the case of wine bottles Mm. and put them down in the wine cellar Mm. with your name on them Mm. and then Sometime later, he would have something he wanted you to do. Mm. So he'd say, go down and get me one of Jan's wine bottles. Oh. And they'd bring it up, and, and he'd pour it out, and you, he would give you something to do. And there were a number of bottles, and I used to wonder, what happens when the bottles run out? Yeah, are there 12? <laughs> he said, no, as soon as one bottle is empty, I replace it with another oh one. Goodness. And so he will always, yes. always have something for us to do if we are willing mm-hmm. yes. and don't just sit down in your chair and take it easy.
0: Yeah, oh, I love that so much. I love it. So what is what is in your wine bottle right now?
2: Um, I feel I am going to in some way be not teaching like, A Bible study not that but Mm -hmm. helping other women Mm -hmm. and one thing I am doing which I didn't mention Mm -hmm. is I'm a mentor Mm -hmm. for the Goodwill Big Sister Little Sister program so I have three seventh graders that I meet with every Friday morning and um, that's very interesting so I I love the mentoring aspect I feel it will be something in mentoring
1: Oh, that's incredible. That is. That's so good. That is so good. So good. Okay. So as you look back over your life now, from the position you're at now, what would you tell your 20 year old
2: self? Stay as close to God as you can. Mm -hmm. You can never get enough of God and uh, trust him with what he's doing. Uh, Just go deeper into worship, deeper into prayer. And he will, the Matthew 633, Mm -hmm. um, he will take care of you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. And uh, you will, you just cannot ever get enough of God.
0: That seems to be a theme right Mm -hmm. now. And just people we've been talking to and just what I feel like God's been impressing on my heart to share with others, with other women specifically, Mm -hmm. is the answer is in Jesus. Right. He, he He is the only answer. Right. You, I can't give you the answers. You right. have to run to Jesus, and it just—I almost feel this like desperation right. of this need for people to get that. Yeah, right. for us to get right. that. Like it, He is the only answer. If you're trying to find your answer through social media or clothes or fashion or your home or your career mm. or food or whatever it is, you will not find the answer. It'll fail you. It, it will. You might mm. have a moment where you feel full mm. and then you'll realize that it it's empty without yeah. Jesus. Right?
2: It's not about me. Yeah. It's about him. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah.
1: That's really how good. did you go about instilling that idea in your daughters? As you raised your daughters, uh, this idea of, hey guys, life isn't about me. It's not about us. You know, this is about serving others,
2: right? They each became believers in early grade school, like kindergarten and first grade. They have always served the Lord. Mm. Heather teaches Bible study. Bethany has ministries at church. Mm. Bethany has been to Honduras four times. Wow. Heather's daughters have been on mission trips, mm. and it's uh, it's it's contagious. Mm. <laughs> so it's more looking at the example. And not trying to be like me, but liking that they would do the same, similar thing.
1: But but they're emulating the Jesus they see in you.
2: Right, right. That's so great. Well,
1: can you, going back to your friend that told you, hey, Jesus can be your best friend. Mm -hmm. She changed you. you. She helped change you. She changed the generation to follow in your children, the generation to follow in your grandchildren. Right by simply sharing right. the love of Jesus, the truth of Jesus with someone.
2: She was actually a missionary from South America who was speaking at a Christian Women's Club luncheon Wow! Uh, when she gave that message. Mm-hmm. anyway, you know, I never saw her again. Yeah. Um,
1: and for her, someday she'll see the seed that was planted. Right, she will see she'll it She'll see that result. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. I, that encourages me. yeah, Because I think so often yeah. as I'm out and about and I interact with people... You know how the Holy Spirit will prompt you to speak to somebody or to share briefly with somebody? And the flesh side of me sometimes goes, I don't want to look like an idiot. They're going to think I'm crazy. But then when you step out in obedience and you share about Jesus, sometimes they respond well, and sometimes they look at you like you're crazy. But I always know a seed has been planted. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to sit here with someone like you, who someone, a stranger to you, planted a seed... Right, And to see how God has grown
2: that is incredible. Mm -hmm. I I was part of an evangelism explosion team for about two years in Mm -hmm. Chicago. And we go with a partner door to door and present the gospel. And some accepted Jesus, some did not. I will never know what happened to them. But I remember the one lady, she said, why don't you come back in five years? I went back and cried. (laughs) what if you die in five years? Look what you're missing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: That's when you pray, Lord, send someone quick. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Like you said, plant the seed. Plant Plant the the seed. seed.
1: Yeah. 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 Just be obedient. So Jan, as we start to wrap up this episode, it has been such an honor to sit here and talk to you and just to get to know you. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of the importance of face-to-face conversations Mm -hmm. because as I sit here, Heather and I have gotten to get to know you, but I feel like I've gotten to know the love of Jesus Mm -hmm. better Mm -hmm. and more intimately be through you. Um, But it reminds me of our, our need to be face to face with Jesus Mm -hmm. because you pick up on things you won't pick up on. If you're just attending church, you know, and checking it off your weekly list, it's got to be that face to face time that we set us, you know, we set this time aside to meet Mm-hmm. And to record this episode, and it's the same way with Jesus. You've got to set that side, that time aside to pour into your relationship with Jesus. And I love that you're doing that. Um, I think that so many of us and so many of our listeners, if they would put that into practice in their life, it'll it can change everything. Right. Absolutely everything. I do have a
0: question. This popped up into my head when you were talking about the underground church in China. So you were in China where people were in some ways, risking their lives to Mm. be able to come to church, to attend, to be a part of a a church body. Um, And then, you know, now you're here in North America where there's a church on every corner. People come and go if they feel like it. You know, if they wake up with the sniffles, they skip church. If their kids have sports, they'll skip church. I mean, you name it, it's easy. So how... I feel like there's such a complacency Mm -hmm. in our culture because we've never experienced true persecution in our faith. So what do you say to those of us in North America who maybe don't hold a high value that we should, um, as opposed to some people who risk their lives in order to be a part of a body?
2: Well, the hardest thing in returning in the reverse culture shock was that very thing where people took God for granted. Yeah. Or, like you said, if I feel like going today, it is complete opposite in China. And we need to wake up. Yes. <laughs> we need to wake up and uh, become alive in our relationship and pursue our relationship actively and not take God for granted.
0: Do you think it will take... Persecution
2: for yes, us or to wake up. Persecution or uh, calamity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That will be harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, when, when you teach and pray with the, the students that we had in China, they cry. Mm-hmm. They they are so serious about it. They they weep when you pray for them. It's so precious to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Because they desperately need
2: they're they're so hungry to learn more about yes. God and um, realized that, like, our school was closed. They did take them to the police station and fingerprinted them and said, by tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., because they lived at the school, they were from villages that came in 25 at a time for a year, that that they had to go home the next morning. Um,
0: These were the students?
2: Yeah, right, when, wow. we, when, when we were raided. When you
0: were raided. Wow. Right.
2: Uh, they, they know it's a very special privilege to be able to learn the word of God.
0: Wow. I know I haven't even been to a place that is oppressed like that in terms of your religion, your mm-hmm. faith. Um, but I feel that burden here, mm-hmm. just having such a heart for the local church mm-hmm. or right. the church, you know, right. um, the, ch- the global church. Right. And it is sometimes very hard for me on Sunday mornings to be there and see the complacency Mm -hmm. almost to the point where sometimes I want to shake people and Mm -hmm. scream and say, you are in the presence
2: of an almighty
0: God, not just in church, but specifically in this moment and you're missing it. And I have to really battle that. Um, And so, and at the end of the day, all I can do is pray and keep showing up and keep showing the love of Jesus and keep loving people. Right. Um,
1: But yeah, that's... Sometimes on on a practical level, I have to remind myself that it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict and not the Heidi Spirit's job. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, that's his part of the deal.
2: So intercession, praying for them. is us, all of us is so important. Yeah. Right.
1: Wow.
0: So any final words of wisdom that you wanna share with us as we
2: wrap up? Um, Just again, relationship, relationship. It is so easy to start going down when you start missing your Bible reading and your Mm -hmm. quiet time and Mm -hmm. where you are really seriously seeking and talking to God, you start tapering off and you can lose, lose that vibrancy and it's not as easy to get back. You have to really determine that I am going to seek God with my whole heart again. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just don't don't let that slide because it's so hard to get back.
1: Wow, that's good advice. What value, yeah, is in this podcast right here? Yeah, gold, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, Jan, thank you for being our guest.
2: Thank you for internet. having me. I've so much been blessed.
1: Well, you look out. You might have to come back for another episode someday (laughs) soon. (laughs) Okay. Well, we are so glad that you've joined us here on the H&H Hour today. Um, I just so believe that something that Jan shared today is speaking to your heart and to your Mm -hmm. spirit, and I would ask you to listen to that Mm -hmm. voice that is within you. Whatever is pulling on your heartstrings, that is the Holy Spirit using Jan to speak into your life, Mm -hmm. and that is what this podcast is about, Mm -hmm. is giving... People that you might pass by every day and see as just an ordinary man or woman, but that when you stop and ask their story, you see that there is so much truth and wisdom mm-hmm. to be gained from them. And so let us all just stop and see people around us yeah. and ask their stories, whether no it's their in age. Target or Starbucks mm-hmm. or at a restaurant, your neighbor, your neighbor, get to know people. Yeah. Because I I have felt so encouraged Mm -hmm. sitting here over this last hour with you, Jan. Yeah. And I, I, you know, Heidi, I've talked about this before, not on
0: the podcast, but in in some messages and things that I've preached. I have this heart for this generational um, coming together. Yes. Um, Seeing the... That the younger generation can learn so much from the older generation ahead of them. And that the older generation can be inspired by the energy and the passion of the younger generation. And and I think we miss it a lot. Right. Because there are these these walls Mm -hmm. that are built up in between our generations. And so I just, let's start tearing those down. Yeah. Uh, go back to the young women, young men, go back to the older men and women in your life that God has specifically put in your life for such a time as this and ask them questions and listen, you know, don't think you have all the answers because you don't. Um, they have a lot more wisdom and life experience and answers than you do. And you know, me sitting here as a 38 year old, I feel like I could just sit in and listen to Jan and just learn mm-hmm. for hours. Yes. You know, and I want to, yes. you know, off of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and ask her some of the like real, the real life nitty gritty, nitty yeah. gritty questions. Yeah. Um, so that is my challenge to all of us is yeah. let's bridge those gaps, those generational gaps. And let's really step out and say, who's around me? Who can I learn from? Who can I then be mentoring? I love your heart for mentoring. Mm. Um, and that that's something that we're going to, I think, start seeing more of. you know what God has
1: for us so Heather I couldn't agree more I think this is so so valuable today yeah so thank you for joining us if you would jump over to iTunes leave us some feedback you can give us a rating and um, subscribe subscribe yep so that you don't miss these great nuggets of wisdom from people like Jan. Um, And then every week you'll get that reminder that there's a new episode of. You can also go over to Instagram Mm -hmm. and leave us any questions that you might have and we can share them with Jan. Prayer requests. Prayer requests. We would love to pray for you. And I just had a great idea. If they go over to
0: iTunes specifically, because that's where we'd really like for people to go and subscribe because then iTunes starts to recognize that we're a real podcast. Sure. Um, We'll start reading some of their... Some of their thoughts oh that's a great okay, idea so we've got a few subscribe we've got a few subscribers and we've got a few people have left comments and so in the next few episodes okay we'll start to pull some of the things that people have said about that's the h h hour and we'll read them on the air and maybe your comment will be one of them
1: maybe on our next chat yeah we can do that
0: sounds great so well thanks for listening we're so glad that you did and we'll see you next time